Hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Nerdy Misfit Podcast, where I'm Matt. I'm Connor. And today we are going to be doing another top five list. We've done one about Marvel Comics in the past, and today we're going to be doing one about the DC Comics. Detective Comics. The one and only, the other comic book company, essentially. Unfor- <laughs> There's a couple of Unfortunately. Others, but, Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, the, yeah. We're enjoying some nice vodka iced tea, peach. It's good. That's delicious, actually. And yeah, well, it's a nice Friday night for us. Um, um, right, it's pretty hot today, actually. That's why this vodka is just nice and refreshing, to be honest. But yeah, so let's get on in this. Um, so like you said, this episode is going to be about our top five DC Detective Comics favorite storyline. Without further ado, Matthew will bring us up to his number five. Yes, um, if you haven't heard the Marvel one before, we do... Our number five at the same time, we discuss, and then we go into our fours, threes, two, and then honorable mentions if we have them, and up to our number ones. I digress. Number five for me is a storyline from New 52 called Rot World. I'm actually unfamiliar. I'm assuming this is Swamp Thing. It's definitely Swamp (laughs) Thing. It is a storyline with (laughs) Animal Man and Swamp Thing. If this is your first, if this is your first time on the podcast... I feel like Matt has talked about Swamp Thing every episode. I'm not entirely sure. It's either that or Ryan Reynolds. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't gotta just slander (laughs) Ryan Reynolds that way. This man loves Swamp Thing. So, without further... Go on. Anyways, Rot World, New 52 Swamp Thing storyline. It's just great. It was something that was given to me when I got more into comics and everything. They're like, oh, if you like this, you need to try Swamp Thing and Animal Man. And first off, I don't know about you, but I hear Animal Man, and I'm like, this has got to be stupid. Beast it's Boy. It's just got to be trash. No, Beast Boy's cool. Um, Animal Man is a little weird. But anyways, the Rot World just gave you information about a side of DC that I never knew about. Mm-hmm. With the green, the rot, and the red, and how there's like entities for it. If you've read Brightest Day, you'll know that they kind of talk about that a lot too. But in this whole red, green, and rot, you have... Swamp Thing is the green, you have Animal Man as the red, and you have a villain known as Arcane as the Rot. And Rot World is basically a storyline where the heroes failed, and the Rot took over. So you get kind of tossed into like this apocalyptic world, for example, and Frankenstein ends up becoming a Green Lantern at one point. It's really weird. You get introduced to another Green Lantern that kind of only appears randomly through the history of Green Lantern or but I'm not here to talk about Green Lantern right now. I'm talking about the Rot World. But honestly, yeah, it's a new 52 storyline. If you want something new that you want to just get tossed right into with something you're not familiar with, it's I don't a know good if you can start. say new anymore. It's the new 52, right, it's but... the new 52 from 20... 20- just so you guys 12. know, the new 52, I think, is, bro- is pretty much once I got into comics. And it's also, like... I feel like it's probably, like, rose-tinted glasses when it comes to me. But it's just, like, my favorite time of dc time of dc but that's obviously like my own personal bias but i feel like we're gonna see a good few (laughs) 52 stories on these lists so but most of them are good storylines except for a couple later down the road like convergence i'm not a fan of that storyline but we're not talking about bad we're talking about good okay so for for the people who don't know who animal man is who is he what's what's his power If I understand his powers correctly, he can basically, like, if he thinks of an animal, he can kind of replicate it, either, like, with his abilities. So if he, like, wants to replicate the power of a cheetah, he can run really fast. If he wants to replicate the power of a bird, he can fly. Okay, so he can't turn into something like Beast Boy, but he can... 
It's get, not like he can't transform. No, he can get like the strengths of the strength of a rhino or a okay. grizzly bear kind of thing like that. Attributes but as it attributes, were. yeah. Okay. Um, and that being said, Beast Boy is actually connected to the whole red, green, the rot. I guess so, that makes sense. Yeah, he gets his powers from the red. Basically, the way to describe it is the red is basically like blood, essentially, and anything that's a like mammal. The kind like, of a living mammal, yeah. Yeah, like a living entity of the red, while green is all plant life. Thus, yes. what Swamp Thing is the. Animal cells and plant cells. Exactly. Animal cells, plant cells. But Beast Boy gets his powers from that, and that's why at the beginning of New 52, Beast Boy was actually red and not green. Ah, and this is why they went this with is that. why, yeah. Because his powers was coming from this the red, the green, the rot, and there was an imbalance between all of them. Uh-huh. So that's why he was actually getting affected by it. But they didn't really explain that too much. Like, Beast Boy just showed up in red, and I guess the readers were just supposed to be like, Except I guess it. he's red now in the new 52. Yeah, they were supposed to accept that he was red. But yeah, that's kind of like, that's how like Beast Boy is kind of connected to it, too. But Connor, what is your number five? Okay, so I do actually go back and review comics I own, comics that I've read. Because it's been a while since I've read a straight storyline from either Marvel or DC. But I came across my collection and then I instantly was like, this was a banger. And one of the main reasons I know it was a banger is because it has two of my favorites. It has one of my favorite artists, probably actually my all-time favorite artist in comics. And it has my all-time favorite writer in comics. And that is Superman Unchained. Heck, yeah, and who were those people that you loved so much that worked on the project? So, for the story, we have Scott Snyder, who I feel like, at this point, you can say is one of the best DC writers, period. He's up there, definitely, with, like, obviously, like, Jeff Johns and stuff like that. Yeah, in terms of, like, things he's brought to the DC universe, in terms of new characters and iconic stories, I think he's done, He, he his time at DC has been iconic. And Jim Lee is just incredible as an artist. I any Jim Lee story I've read, I've there you, there's almost nothing negative you can say about his art. It's that good. I agree. And the other thing is Jim Lee is awesome. Uh, yeah, he he streams on Twitch sometimes, and he just draws what people like uh, ask. And sometimes he's drawn a couple um, anime characters, and it's pretty cool to see them drawn in Jim Lee's art style, just because it's so good. I don't, I'm not artistic, so it's hard for me to really like explain what i like but i guess it's the detail yeah like he's very detail oriented and it just it looks so good it just it's incredible i mean yeah no honestly like i've read superman Cha- unchained as well and it's a great storyline you get introduced to a brand new character like villain named wraith Rath? yes i believe wraith? Some... I, it's like an acronym um, but I remember there was such like weird controversy around Superman Unchained because it was like, oh, it's supposed to be an ongoing series. Just kidding. We're going to cancel it before you, the story is done. You collected it like the actual yeah. comics, right? And it took a while. I think it took a good like year and a half, even though it was only a nine issue storyline because there was just a lot of like confusion because it was like, oh, um, we're going to finish it with like issue seven. Just kidding. We're just going to let him do one more issue. Just kidding. It's selling really well. We're going to give you <laughs> one more issue to finish up the storyline. Like, for it was really confusing, but it came out around the same time as, like, the 75th anniversary Superman. And I think that's why it got a mm-hmm. lot of hype as well. Because it was something new. Because I think this Wraith... There's also character... all the, the hype around Scott and his run with Batman so far. 
and how good he was doing, right? Exactly. So, like, and I know, I'm pretty sure I've seen, I can't remember if he did, it was a YouTube video I watched of Scott, or if it was, like, some sort of Reddit thread that he was, or something. It was, like, a Twitter Q&A or something he did, mm-hmm. and I remember he was talking about, like, just, like, he had kind of, like, goals, you know, running Batman, doing a Superman story, doing um, Justice League, which he's obviously accomplished now, too. And he also thinks, obviously, highly of Jim. And it's just, like, it just sounds like a duo in terms of when you think of two men or women in, like, the craft. Like, it just sounds like a a good match. No, and I 100% agree. I think they were a great team. And they did a bunch of stuff, I believe, during, like, the whole New 52. Like, together and both separate. Like, they both had, like, a lot of their work. Like, even with... When I was talking about Rot World, like, Scott Snyder was one of the writers for that. He mm-hmm. wrote the first few volumes of Swamp Thing that led into Rot World. But, no, like, definitely, like, if someone... If you enjoy, like, Superman and you enjoy beautiful artwork and a different, unique story from characters you've probably never heard of... Yeah, and something you don't need the, um... The lore of Superman, or seventy-five like, years yeah. of knowledge. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's a separated story, right? Which is what makes it good to just hop into. Like um, when we were talking about Spider-Man, obviously the one thing I forgot to mention about Superior was that makes it fun for me and good for non-comic book readers that want something is how it is kind of its own story at the same time. Like it is part of the Amazing Spider-Man run of. Um, of the uh, like issues, but it, it really can just take it out and read it on its own. And obviously that's something you can totally do with Superman Unchained. You don't need to really know anything. You can just read it as a Superman story. And call it a day, honestly. And call it a day, absolutely. And and unfortunately, like I didn't reread it going into this. I wish I would have had the time to do so, so I could talk more about the plot. But know that the fact that I'm that confident in the writer and the art can carry it alone, like... It's going to be incredible. And the inking, um, unfortunately, I'm not too sure who did the inking, but it's done, it's incredibly well. It's magnificent, honestly, for Superman. For us not being big Superman fans. Yeah, I mean, a matter of probably, like, I would say with our friends, but we don't have a lot of comic book friends. (laughs) So, between us, we are known Superman haters. I don't want to say Superman haters, it's just when Superman too basic. Yeah. He do punch, punch, punch. But not even like cool like Batman. No, exactly. He's just and too overpowered. overpowered. Too yeah. overpowered. He's too like you just never beat. And it's funny because obviously coming from like an anime manga's perspective, like they're all of them are like that. The the main characters of a lot of battle shonen end up being like that. But I don't know. Superman is just like, do you beat Superman? To be fair, and his weaknesses are dumb. He's weak to a freaking crystal and magic. I was gonna say there is magic as well. And I don't know. In New Fifty Two, they did fix it a little bit. They did fix a little bit. He got, like, a new power where he kind of, like, Was that the Jeff Johns power that with the solar flare? Or was the that... solar flare, yeah. I can't remember if Jeff Johns wrote it, but yeah, there was, like, the solar was in... flare and made him more Which was, human. was a cool right? power, but it was, like, a nuclear power mm. that finally made him human for, like... If anyone's ever watched One Piece, it's, like, Luffy going into Gear 4th, and then when he runs out of Gear 4th and he doesn't have hockey for a bit, that's basically what happens to Superman, only instead of, like whatever it is for Luffy, 10 minutes or whatever, he can't, doesn't have hockey. It's like, he doesn't know how long he doesn't have exactly. his power for. 
Which, to be fair, we also know that Supergirl is equally as powerful, if not more powerful, because of her Kryptonian skin scales. Didn't skin Superman cells. get his smash on, too, with Lois when he was human? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> but Good for him. Cannot confirm, didn't read that issue. Maybe, maybe I'm mixing it up with Smallville. I think something similar happens where he doesn't have his power for a bit, and he's able to go ham on... Go ham on Lois. Having a regular life. Or or the other girl. Who was the girl before Lois in Smallville? Lana. Yeah. Lana Lane, Lana. Lois Lane. And, and he was able to go, you know, enjoy being a human, human a for normal, a bit. A normie. A normie. And not break his girlfriend because exactly. he's Superman. But moving on. Um, <laughs> with that. <laughs> with that random <laughs> Superman rant out there. Matt, bring us to your number four pick. Um, my number four, and can confirm this is my only Green Lantern pick on my top five, Honestly, that is actually really surprising is it lights out it is lights out okay, yeah, yeah. um which i think is only like a five issue long storyline inside the new 52 but it i think it's kind of like reason why you like superman Unchained. we get introduced to a brand new character we've never seen him before called relic he comes from an alternate universe where instead of the green lanterns they were called lightsmiths they always come from an alternate universe. Al- always alternate universe i'm a huge fan of multiverses and i mean i'm a big fan of the x-men if you haven't watched i think they're cool it just can sometimes yeah. they can get a little a little ridiculous. convoluted and ridiculous yeah. i agree but anyways and they like essentially they murk an entire lantern corpse inside this storyline like the blue lantern corpse are essentially just gone by the end of it Sad. Kyle Rayner has a big part. Kyle Rayner's a great Green Lantern. At this point, he is the White Lantern, so he's able to have the entire emotional spectrum essentially at the palm of his hands. So he's actively the White Lantern. He's actively the White Lantern at that time. Mm -hmm. The White Lantern has been bounced around. Like, that title's been bounced around for all. Brightest Day and, like, Blackest Night. Like, obviously, there was the White Lanterns and everything in there with the Entity of Life. The five-issue storyline, like, right in the heart of New 52, it was at, like, a pivotal moment where they just had, like, two big Green Lantern storylines, which were equally good. Wrath of the First Lantern and Beware the Third Army, both great storylines. But the whole Lights Out was just, like, a cherry on top for everything else that has just gone wrong for the Green Lanterns inside the universe at the time. And Relic's character design was great. He had his own issue during Villains Month, which was mm-hmm. great as well. But... Yeah, that's my, uh, my my little rant about the Green Lantern, <laughs> which is the only one on this list, like I said. Surprised that there's only one on your list. It was rough, honestly. Like, it I was feel a like hard we'll be pick. seeing, a, uh, hearing about potentially one or two honorable mentions. Potentially, yeah, potentially, yeah. you know. For sure. But Connor, what is your number four? All right, my number four. I think this might catch you off guard, honestly. But my number four pick goes to your boy Jeff Johns. Okay. And his Flashpoint. Really? I did not expect... I wasn't sure if Flashpoint was going to be on your list, actually. And I gotta say that, one, obviously Flashpoint's iconic in terms of starting mm-hmm. what me and Matt would say is our favorite era. Era, yeah. Flashpoint caused New 52 <clears throat> to happen. Our favorite era of, of DC Comics. And honestly, Flashpoint for me, when I read it, and I've read it and I've experienced it now in, what, three different ways? Via the animated... Um, and via on the CW show in their yeah. own version. The beginning of, of uh, the first episode of season three. Right, like their own version of how they handled it. Um, it's just It just shows that it's a very cool story and it's, you know, people want to see it in, told in different forms. And I like, it made me like The Flash a lot more, I think. Um, how, how selfless Barry can be, you know, I think that Both he, selfless and selfish. Yes, for sure, exactly. And <laughs> I don't know if it really does anything to really like narrow down how insane the Speed Force is in terms of lore, but it 
was cool to see the um, the other side of certain characters, you know? Like, I obviously as a Batman fan, you I go right to Thomas Wayne, and it's, it's cool. It's cool to see that kind of... It falls right into Matt's favorite thing, too, which is, like, time travel and whatnot. And alternate versions, alternate of, versions characters. of characters. And it, it was interesting to see those characters, like, certain characters done in different ways that I think reading Thomas Wayne... It's, it feels almost more depressing, honestly, than Bruce's story, which it's not like Bruce is, is any walk in the park. But you really feel for, like, Thomas and losing his son... And are we like are we even gonna discuss what happened to his wife? Though yeah, So that's... those who don't know the Flashpoint universe, Thomas Wayne so the night that uh, Bruce Wayne's parents were supposed to get shot, Bruce ends up dying, and Thomas ends up taking the cape and cowl and becomes the Batman. Meanwhile, Martha Wayne, so upset with the death of her son, goes crazy and becomes the Joker equivalent of this universe. Which is whack intense it's whack it's also whack to think like bruce lost pretty much everything i guess like other than alfred yeah and thomas doesn't right like he, he... becomes a drunk <laughs> yeah <laughs> a drunk that beats people to death it's true but um yeah i think obviously the events of flashpoint are iconic too because like we said it, it leads into the new 52 and i felt like it was one of the one of the few major i'm putting air quotes here major events in comics that felt better you know, like we, like you mentioned Convergence uh, earlier, and Convergence felt like it accomplished nothing. Um, Secret Wars and Marvel, like it felt like it did something, but then it didn't. The and Secret there's... Wars 3. Secret Wars 3, to be, to be precise, yeah. And all of those felt like... Someone just... They don't, they don't feel like they accomplished anything. With New 52, it did feel like like it did lead into something new. And it was it felt like, a based on like the alternate universe things, it made sense to almost have... The new 52 be like one of these new universes where we can build up all these characters like the swamp thing and have like the the trio that you mentioned of the red the green and the, the whatevers the rod yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's what I, that's what i said <laughs> but yeah and jeff johns is an amazing writer um you know like i'm not a big lantern fan and i know he's done a lot of lantern stuff but he's also he is clearly a very talented writer he has written many dc titles and he, it does feel like for the most part he doesn't miss no, I uh, later on he does get a little. I mean, he took him a couple years to r- write the Doomsday Clock. I never read that, so I don't know too much about that whole storyline. But is Doomsday Clock the last thing he did before moving on to movie stuff? Or? I think he moved on to movie stuff, and then he still kind of helped with the Doomsday Clock. Right, right. But not too entirely sure with that on the timeline. But yeah, that's my uh, number four pick, guys. It's the Flash, the Flashpoint storyline by Jeff Johns, and uh, I think they're. Writer was, uh, artist was Andy Kubert. Yep. Maybe. Sounds familiar. But moving on to my number three. Um, this is awkward because my number three is Flashpoint. No way! Um, so I don't want to talk too much about this because Connor obviously talked about it. But again, like Connor said, that I'm a huge fan of like this whole multiverse alternate universe thing. And Jeff Johns. And Jeff Johns. So it was just like all in one, just a grand old time. And like I said, like we talked about the whole Thomas Wayne, Martha Wayne. In this universe, Avin Sir continued to be the Green Lantern of mm-hmm. Earth. You had the Atlanteans on war against the Amazons. Um, you had Flash vi- villains not be villains. Like, instead of Captain Cold, it was Citizen Cold. 
And he had, like, he was more of a hero and stuff like that. Citizen Cold. Citizen Cold. Doesn't have the same ring. It doesn't. No, no, no. Captain Cold just sounds so much better. But, no, like, it was a great storyline. And, like, like Connor said, it was the beginning for what we fell in love with with the New 52. Mm-hmm. And it kind of... It was one of my first storylines going into DC as well. Because, obviously, I knew so much about X-Men. I knew so much about Marvel. And then I heard about this alternate universe story. And I was like... I think it was a good place to start. Matt was ready. I was ready. And it was the perfect timing, too, because that obviously created New 52. Um, and your boy Jeff Johns wrote it. Phenomenal, dude. He may or may not pop back on this list later, to be determined for the surprise. Um, but yeah, that is my number three. Connor, what is your number three? All right, so my number three um, goes... Uh, we've already mentioned one of the people on this story before. Uh, that that of that of writing and and uh, artist, but this goes to Batman Hush. Really? Okay. And on this story, uh, we had uh, I believe it was Jeff Loeb who wrote it, but the artist was Jim Lee. Your boy Jim Lee. And I don't know what it is, Jim Lee. I'll I'll read anything that man draws. And uh, Batman Hush was just for me. Um, being a new reader at the time, obviously the story was already long done, but, um, just picking up random Batman stories as I was collecting and reading it, it, it's refreshing when there's new villains, you know? Yeah. Well, it was something new, right? Like no one knew really know who Hush was. I think was Hush made for that storyline? I'm, I'm not entirely sure if he was fully created for it. But it, I, I'm pretty sure he was. I'm pretty sure it was his first um, full appearance. Okay. And I think that the, you know, being a character from Bruce's past makes it more interesting. Because a lot of Bruce's villains are kind of randos, it feels like, right? Like, they're just mm-hmm. kind of um, heads of whatever crime families, crime families crime gangs yeah. and random man bats and <laughs> like not come from like his past so obviously you have this mysterious hush character that's you know going through the story and then it ends up being bruce's childhood friend and it's just a very unique interesting twist and you're following the great artwork, you know, throughout the story is pretty strong in terms of like it catches your attention, gives you that little bit of mystery you kind of want, and the the paneling is really well done, obviously to be expected. But overall, I would say that it's definitely one of my favorite. I say this, but there's going to be another, obviously, but it's one of my favorite solo Batman stories. It's another one where. It's not... It kind of follows the same as Superman Chain. You can just pick it up, read it. It's going to be great. You're going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, I think those are some of my favorite comics. The ones where you don't need a lot of backstory. And you can just kind of grab it, read it, and it's its own cohesive story. Yeah, and you're like, okay, I know enough. Like, I don't need to know Yeah, like, all, all, all you need to know, really, going into Hush is who Batman is, really. Like, exactly. that's all you really need to know. Like, you know how Batman... If you don't know how Batman becomes Batman at this point, like... Jeez. What do you, 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 everyone knows the parents get shot and he puts a Batman costume on. Yeah, he's got a problem. He's got he's issues. He's got little issues, you know? He's got issues, but yeah. for If you want a, an all-encompassing Batman story that has like a good good hook 
and has great art, great storytelling. Batman Hush is definitely the story to go to. Another one where I wish I would have read before going into this, but it is what it is. And um, just going through my list of owned comics, like I could, there's no way I could leave Batman Hush off the No, off for the sure. List. 100%. Like in between the story itself and the artwork, hands down. Phenomenal. Right. I think they did try and do... There, There is an animated film for it. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Yes, I've seen the Batman Hush animated movie. Animated film was great as well, in my opinion. Well, all right, so we got our top twos. Top twos left. Top twos. Top twos. Sounds a little weird when I phrase it but that way. It feels like we've ripped through this one, but I was. Not, I, I don't know why I didn't think you would have Flashpoint. Maybe you, you definitely didn't think I would have Flashpoint. I did not expect you to have Flashpoint. Hands down, I was like, he's just going to be straight Batman. Nothing else. Ha <laughs> I'd be... I, what a plot twist. I, I, outwitted you Aha. you are the fastest witter alive <laughs> um moving on to number two for me i don't think you'll know this like i know you'll know this one but i don't think you'd think this would be my number two is the flash rebirth storyline takes place before flashpoint okay and it's the return of barry allen yep yep from him getting <clears throat> disappeared for a while without going to too yeah. much lore I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the title i haven't actually read the the storyline itself it was really what pushed i want to say it pushed jeff johns but it was when jeff johns started getting bigger he mm. did a green lantern rebirth storyline like a couple years before this um and that's why it's also like flash rebirth it kind of like continues that limited series kind of thing yep it's a great introduction to the flash continuity but I'm going to be honest, if you don't know too much about the Flash, it's going to get confusing. Because the entire Flash Speed Force family is in this comic. Yikes. It's just six issues, but you have, you got Barry Allen, you got Wally West, you got Jay Garrett, you got Professor Zoom. So this is got... the op- this is the opposite of an all-encompassing story. Yes. You need is... to have some understanding of Flash. You need to know some bits and pieces. This is actually before Flashpoint, so... This takes place like a year, I think, or two before Flashpoint was written. But you need to know the lore of the different Flashes. Yeah, you need to understand that Barry is not the only Flash. Like, mm. you need to know about Kid Flash. You need to know about Wally West, Jay Garrett. You need mm-hmm. to know who Reverse Flash is or Professor Zoom, who are technically two different characters. It's confusing. Um, yeah, it's it's confusing. I'm pretty sure Savitar is super important with this same with max mercury who's another speedster that a lot of people max don't mercury. know he's the old one right the tin hat one or no no that's jay garrett max mercury was like this absurd speedster character that was <laughs> around for a little bit i think he's super early yeah so his first appearance was like 1940 <laughs> okay he's uh yeah he's an older speedster he's had a lot of different names including but not limited oh to... okay blue and white suit. yeah big collar <laughs> He was really known as the Windrunner, the Whip Whirlwind. Apparently, he was under the name of Quicksilver at one point. Hey, I've heard of him. Ah, it's a different Quicksilver. He's um, an Avengers. Buckshot, Blue Streak, Lightning, the Zen Master of Speed. The Zen Master of Speed. Yes. Um, but anyways, yeah, so it is convoluted to the extreme of a lot of different Flash characters. And that's what you like about it. I think, yeah, I think it's great. Like, it's it's fun, and it's enjoyable, and even if you don't know too much about Flash, it's a great... I don't want to say it's a great starting point, because it's definitely not. Right. But it's one of those things, if you pick it up and you read it, and you're like, who the heck is any of these speedsters? It's a rabbit hole. But if you like speedster, you like the Flash TV show, jump on in, and it's going to be a rabbit hole full of 
speedster content, really. Now, number two, Connor. What right. is your number two? <clears throat> number two shouldn't come as too much of a surprise. Um, if you're a Batman fan, you've definitely most likely already read this story. It's quite iconic, and that would be The Killing Joke. Never heard of it. Never heard of <laughs> Just it? Just kidding. Yeah, so Killing Joke, written by Alan Moore, illustrated by uh, Brian Boland. Um, not a very long story. Is it just, what, four or five issues? Um, we can fact check this quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't, it may have been a one-shot, honestly. I don't, I think. Do-do-do-do-do. A one-shot graphic novel, it says. Yep. So, technically, it was just one issue, I guess, but... But, I, obviously, you can make an argument that this is, uh little bit in you know inspired maybe that joker movie in a in a way not fully but um it has definitely continued being referenced in other stories um like when we have later in uh batman and the justice league lore we have the multiple jokers and the killing joke version of the joker is one of the iconic ones that's mentioned there and um the story overall is just you know it is brutal. It's um, it's definitely dark. It's one of the I would say one of the darker stories for sure. Um, iconic mo- events come out of it, like basically creating Oracle as a character, right? Like you have Barbara becoming a you know paralyzed. You have the mental attack of Commissioner Gordon. Which, it's it's crazy because it is insane to think that the Joker is trying to project what happened to him onto Commissioner Gordon to show all it takes is one bad day, right? Exactly. And it's taken up to the absolute extreme. And it's, when you really think about like that this is a father going through this for, and this stuff is what happened to his daughter... And he's going through the uh, the like the ride at the uh, abandoned carnival. It's it's a lot, honestly. It's a little messed up. It's it's super dark and it's I don't know it's like, it's hard not to read though like you're just you're just in the pages reading and you just want to keep reading even though it's so messed up and I think that that's what makes it so good it's so gripping. But please stick to the graphic novel. Please do not watch the animated film. <laughs> the animated film is a not... It's a not well done adaptation. They yeah. tried to rush a lot of things and they added things that did not make sense to the story yeah, for sure. as a whole. So keep that in mind if you ever want to get into The Killing Joke personally. That's just... Yeah, it's like... It's like read the manga. Read, yeah, it's, it's one of those <laughs> things. Read the source material. Don't watch the thing. <laughs> But yeah, overall is, and then obviously the ending with the laughing, it's iconic. And I think that it's one of the harder to read in terms of like the subject matter, but also you can't put it down. It's worth it. Yeah. All right. That is a really good number two, personally. I didn't even, I completely forgot about that storyline. I'm not going to be honest. Like I love killing joke, don't be wrong, but it like, it skipped my mind when I was making my top five. So, personally, that'd be definitely in one of my honorable mentions. All right. All right. Which we're going to move on to right now. 
So Matthew. I'll throw Killing Joke in there just because we just talked about it. Um, also, Superman and Chain was also my honorable mentions. And like every Lantern thing ever, Brightest Day, Black uh, Specifically, Blackest Night was in my honorable mentions, yeah. which again, good old Jeff Johns. Right many, Jeff Johns has uh, made a lot of our top five together. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's a great writer. In my, like, between yeah, him, sure. Scott Snyder, like great great authors honestly especially for the new 52 or going into the new 52 because blackest night happened a bit before new 52 yep. but if you're a fan of green lantern or want to know more about the green lanterns or the lantern lore blackest night is a great spot to start because it introduced the rest of the emotional spectrum for sure so but yeah what are on your honorable mentions Connor? uh my honorable mentions go out to uh battle for the cape is one of them it's a Storyline covering the Bat family when Batman is gone, presumed dead, missing, and all of the um, some of the Bat family members are ha- you could almost say having a civil war of, of things of who is going to be the next Batman. I've heard briefly about this. Oh, it's Battle for the Cowl, right? Oh, that's is it. That Battle for the Cowl. Yeah, yeah. and it's a um. It's good. It's fun read. I mean, if you like the Bat Family and you like Batman, like as a whole, then you'll enjoy the story. Um, it's obviously one that doesn't focus on Batman. It's the extent. Of, is this the one where Dick Grayson ends up taking the cowl yes. and becoming? Yes. And then this is when Damien starts as Robin. Is this the yeah. origin of that? Yes, I believe it is. And it's also like, but you have um, Jason like thinking that he's going to be Batman because he's his version of justice is what was missing from Batman. Sounds about right. So it's like, at the end of the day, it's still like, someone like Dick is going to hold up Bruce's ideals and like what he believed in, right? So it was was a fun read. Um, Not good enough to be in my top five, but I definitely wanted to mention it as a good story. Yeah. And then I also have, not in particular one, but um, the New 52 run of Nightwing. Okay. Um. I don't have any particular one to center out, but I just felt like I really enjoyed most of the the New 52 run of Nightwing. I liked how they incorporated hit the Court of Owls with him into his own storyline. I thought it was really well done. So if you ever want that little bit of extra Batman family, Bat family lore. The extended. Um, the, the New 52 run of Nightwing is super enjoyable. Unfortunately, obviously, they go into... Grayson, which I feel like is an unfortunate halt to Nightwings. Um, feels like you go from this super cool character to just uh, not great, but which we, are, won't, we won't get into Grayson. Which I feel like, that being said, before Grayson, I don't know if it's in your honorable mentions, I didn't throw it in mind, but another good storyline is Forever Evil. Yes, I would definitely consider Forever Evil a um, right up there. Definitely, it's yeah. Probably, if we were to make a top planet, top 10, okay, I think, it'd be I think Forever ours. Evil would for sure. But yeah, no, definitely Forever Evil. <laughs> um, Alright, moving on to number one. I feel like both of ours is very similar, if not technically the same. Yeah. Um, so, my number one is The Court of Owls, which is Batman Volume 1 for the Scott Snyder run of the New 52. And Greg Capullo. And Greg Capullo, great duo, by the Fantastic way. Fantastic duo. I like will go down as some of the one of the greatest duos in comic book writing history has to be. Especially for Court of Owls, which I don't want to take too much time because I feel like Connor. Okay, yeah. Assuming, I'll yeah. just stop you now. So <laughs> my my number one, I put the Snyder run in general, but of I, the new fifty two. Of the Batman. new fifty two. And I would if I had to pick one, I would go with Death of the Family 
of Death of Family only because it was the first ever comic I owned. That's fair. I, I uh, owned the, I bought the hardcover of the volume, and that's the first comic I ever read. So that's why it kind of has like you know a nostalgic place in my heart. But you could pick any of them, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. Anything of the first like I think it's the first fifty or so issues. I think because I don't did he finish New Fifty Two Batman or yes did he did okay. So any of the New Fifty Two Batman. Court of Owls, if you want to just get tossed right at the beginning with a brand new series of great, villains. And great villains. And great villains that literally just connected everything, honestly. It yeah, was something he did, new. He did a great job. Um, and it feels like it's so hard to introduce new villains nowadays because it feels like so many things have been done. Like well, what, especially with Batman being like almost 75. Yeah, like it's like, what are we going to do? But man, Scott, he... What a creative dude. And then I'm sure he talked it over with Greg and like Greg really brings a lot of these villains together it makes me think of um like that sunflower-esque villain from was it endgame Bloom. was it endgame was uh, that volume? yeah and you're near just, the end of new 52 and you're like what it's so <laughs> weird and creepy like they were such a they worked they must have bounced off each other so well those two and like i said you could take any of them and they are just all incredible um for me death of family is i really love how scott wrote the joker like his interpretation it felt really well, death in the family is also a big thing in the beginning of new 52 right because that sprung that connected to batgirl nightwing the batman titles yep teen titans i think had a death of the family yeah i think it had a time as well. as well just to confirm that this is death of the family not death in the family yeah which, death in the family covers the red hood yeah jason death in the family is the origin of jason todd the whole red hood storyline also a really great story and messed up yeah really another grand old messed up joker storyline but yeah this is death of the family just to clear that up yeah absolutely and that has like the creepy face stapled on joker get ripped off stapled back on it's fairly uh, slick and uncomfortable very messed up guy but yeah honestly i think both of us can just agree that our top ones is just the the scott snyder greg capullo batman new 52 specifically death of the family for connor court of the owls for me and that's also coming from matt who is not like the biggest batman fan in terms of like he's not the first hero matt is gonna think of when he yeah thinks. exactly like i love batman i have no issue with batman but i'm definitely more of like because of how this sounds so like hipster-esque of me but since batman is so mainstream he's very basic basic loving yeah. hero I'm like, I want to know more about these other characters that can be just as popular. For sure. And that's and that's absolutely fair. But the storytelling, Scott, he's oh, definitely a great Phenomenal. If you feel like we can't, can't mention enough. Yeah. Right. But, but yeah. So we'll go back. I'll just tell you my top five again. Connor will tell you his top five, my top five. Number five, Rot World. Number four, Lights Out. Number three, Flashpoint Paradox. Number two, Flash Rebirth. Honorable mentions, you got... Superman Unchained, Blackest Night, anything Green Lantern, really. Um, and then number one, Court of Owls, a.k.a. the Scott Snyder run. Connor, what's your top five there? Uh, so we have Superman Unchained, Flashpoint Paradox, Batman Hush, Batman the Killing Joke. For honorable mentions, we have anything from the Nightwing uh, New 52 run. We've got Battle for the Cowl, uh, Forever Evil. And going into my number one spot is the Snyder run. If I had to pick one... It's Death of Family. 
And there you have it, folks. There is our DC Comics top five. Yeah. As of now, maybe we'll be stunned with a future Yeah, who knows? It could, it could definitely change. Or maybe we read old storylines we've never read before. But exactly. let us know what your top five would be. Or would you have had one, maybe one of our honorable mentions in your top five? Exactly. Remember to drop a review, like Connor said. Where you can work and would they find us, Connor? Yeah, you can find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, or right here on Spotify for the podcasts. Exactly. And obviously, let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about in future episodes. And like we always say, you can always catch us up here on Spotify for new episodes, new content, stay up to date, so on and so forth. We'll be coming with you more for new future episodes. Okay.